The election season can create tension and stress for many of us. And until the votes are counted, no one knows what the results will be. Welcome to Novant Health, Healthy Headlines. I'm Gina DiPietro. It can be awkward or frustrating to talk to people about politics, especially leading up to an important election. So how can you best handle the stress? Sultana Nasrati, a Novant Health psychotherapist and licensed clinical social worker, discusses what you can do to make those discussions helpful rather than hateful and other steps you can take to relax. Thank you for listening. Yeah, so more, more people than ever are saying that the election is stressing them out. What do you think is, I mean, and, this, and it was a huge jump between 2016 and 2020. What do you think the difference is? I think the concept of politics has changed. So before, if you were, say, a Democrat and somebody you knew was a Republican, it was okay. And in the last few years, it's become very divisive. So if you're a Republican, then it means more than just you happen to sit here on the issue versus there. Does that make sense? So the the idea that we can all coexist is kind of faded. Then in order for us to engage in a healthy conversation, you have to agree. Mm-hmm. And you really don't. Um, I have family members that <laughs> share every political view you can think of. Um, so we have Republicans, we have Democrats, we have everywhere in the middle, right? And initially when things started shifting in politics and politics, it was kind of combative. And I checked out. I just walked away from the conversations and the family noticed and they kind of missed me. And so I said, look, if you want to talk about the issues, that's fine. But talking about who represents the party isn't helpful Mm -hmm. or talking about the party itself isn't helpful. And when we kind of graduated past that, we tend to have really healthy, good political conversations. And sometimes they get tense, but mostly it's pretty easygoing. Mm-hmm. And I find that we're actually closer on what we believe, which is no surprise, we're family, right? So it's, we're closer when it comes to the issues than what we think. But if you're looking at it, if people look at it from the perspective of Republican versus Democrat, it's going to be very contentious because those that lead are very contentious right now. Correct. So you think, so you think that if you stick to the issues, and not talk about personalities, you might be able to have a more substantive conversation. Exactly. Exactly. Because we're all human. We all, we are all parents. We all work. We all have the desire for health care. Whether you believe that it should be single payer or not is not really relevant. We all want to make sure that we get to live long, happy, healthy lives and we worry about our kids. Mm-hmm. So we're really not that far apart when you really think about it. It's the nitty-gritty that makes people very contentious. So if you want to talk politics, stick to the issue versus, well, your person is this versus your person is that. Right. Which makes no sense anyway because that has nothing to do with the issue. Uh-huh. So true. Um, you know, a lot of people are, take their civic duty to make an informed decision on a candidate very seriously. Yes. But following the news can stress you out, and in some cases, it's making people sick. You know what? Yes. What do we do in that situation? So when you find that the news is not helpful, so every every 
everything we do, everything I do when it comes to my the care of, that I provide with patients is identifying what is helpful. And sometimes the truth isn't helpful. So it's pointless. If it's not helpful to you, if you can't do anything about it, then there's no point in it. Mm -hmm. So what you're looking for is something that is truthful and helpful and being able to identify what's not relevant or isn't exactly honest or true, Mm -hmm. right? So it's about identifying the source of your information. So everybody has their thing that they like to go to to listen to. Mm -hmm. For me, it's been places like NPR because they try to very hard to be impartial Mm -hmm. and they stick to the issues at hand. There isn't really any opinions presented. It's just questions and answers. So I get a lot of the truth that I want. But even with that, I get overwhelmed because it's constantly coming at you. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was a kid, you got the news at 10 p.m. and that was it. And that was great. Uh And now it's 24 hours a day. And that much information coming at you at a nonstop pace is just not healthy. And that's when you start noticing a lot of stress. So the patients that come to me because they're stressed about the politics, they're, if you, you know, when I ask them and we have a conversation, they'll say to me, I'm on this app, that app, this app. I'm looking in the news, CNN, NBC, uh, Fox News. It doesn't really matter, but they're just constantly being bombarded with opinions and information, and they just can't process it all, and that's where the stress becomes. And then it also increases their feeling of helplessness, mm-hmm. where they feel like, oh, I can't control all of this. Oh, my God, they're telling me the world is coming to an end, or they're saying, no, 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 if you do this, you're horrible. So it's just a lot. So narrowing down the focus and maybe listening to one thing and then restricting it to a certain time of the day allows you to get the information you need so you're not completely oblivious to what's going on around you without being overly overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So the thing I recommend for most folks to take out is the apps. Take it out of the phone because you're in your phone calling your family, checking your email, and if you see that app, you're like, oh, let me click and see, right? So if you take the apps, it removes one layer of stress. Uh-huh. Um, also, with the, the, the newspaper articles, if you're sitting down, pick one thing. Pick a certain time. If it's comfortable for you at 10 or you really want to be informed in the morning, listen to it then. But focus in on the issue so that you are informed. One of the things that I see a lot of is like some of the newspaper articles will stick to just the issues. Like this person represents this issue and this is where they side on it. That's a lot better than having a back and forth conversation. Like the debates, I didn't find those very helpful. No. Because it was more of a battleground versus getting to the facts. So But some people might disagree. All I'm saying is narrowing down how much and how often. That can be a great stress reducer. That leads me to a question uh, that I was going to ask you about whether um, you see a difference between reading the news or listening or watching, listening to or watching the news. Does that cause, do they cause different kinds of stress? It depends on the person. It depends on how you process information. For me, reading is less stressful Mm -hmm. because I'm a reader. It's how I like to process information. So I think it depends on the person. If I were to sit in front of an, you know, a news show, I would quickly become overwhelmed because Mm -hmm. it's just so much talk. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I read stuff, I can control the pace, but the person next door might disagree. So you got to kind of know yourself and how you 
the median in which you can best get the information, Mm -hmm. that's what you might want to stick to. Right. One of the things that um, struck me about the American Psychological Association study or survey was that um, black adults and people with chronic conditions said they were feeling the election stress more than others. Yes. So yes. why do you think that's true, and how can these groups try to ease that stress? Is there something specific that they can do? Well, I think when it comes to, you know, when you're talking about minorities, we've always felt kind of marginalized. So there's going to be stress. And I think, again, with the last few years, there's been a lot more divisiveness there's been a lot more here this is you're either in camp a or in camp b and if you're a minority you might not fit neatly into each to either one Mm -hmm. so i think that creates this again this feeling of powerlessness and all the power so that kind of stresses you out and again i don't speak for all minorities i can only speak to the ones i've spoken to or the one or myself but that's where it lays. And with pre-existing conditions or underlying medical conditions, healthcare is a big issue. Mm-hmm. It's been a big issue, I want to say, for the last few elections. Mm-hmm. And so if you, you know, if you have a pre-existing condition or if you have a debilitating condition like cancer or diabetes, it's going to be important. And if they're starting to bandy about, if they're talking, arguing about who's going to get it versus who's going to not get it or how much it's going to cost, that's going to increase anxiety in folks that, that do have um, underlying medical conditions. So, again, narrowing it down. Mm-hmm. It's two things, narrowing down how much the inf- how much information you consume. And the other piece is focusing in on what you control. So the the – the, art, the article did a very good job of talking about that. So focus in on the issue. Focus in on what you control. Make sure you're voting. Make sure you're having a healthy conversation with the people around you. And by doing that, that feeling of powerlessness decreases. Mm-hmm. And think, that's phenomenal. Do you think it's useful for people to actually sit down and think, okay, so say it's November 3rd. And things did not happen the way I wanted them to happen. What can they, should they visualize what their, what their resources are, what their, how they can solve their problem or their issue and just to kind of have that ready to go? Yes. So what I've done in the past is I've written the formula down literally for the patients mm-hmm. and then I have them take it home. Or they take a picture. I do this like PowerPoint presentation mm-hmm. and say, okay, snapshot this. And then they'll just look at it. So it helps not to have it. It's not so much about having it ready to go once things did not work out, but it's about keeping it in your mindset. But it's more than that. It's also the combination of, I don't know if you remember last time we talked about acceptance and compassion. Mm-hmm. When you're anxious, telling yourself not to feel anxious or trying to push it down or getting angry at yourself for being worried is is terrible to do. Mm-hmm. Having some compassion and acceptance is actually the first thing to do. And then you can try to challenge the way you think using the anxiety formula. Mm-hmm. You know, in CBT, we talk about the timeline, right? Events, then people think like, this happened and I felt that way. But that's not really how the brain works. When something happens, you have a thought about it. You think, you perceive it as a certain thing. And then you feel some kind of way. Mm-hmm. If you want to, you can't attack the feeling. 
the more you try to attack the feeling, the worse it gets. So it's about looking at your behaviors, things that you're doing, which the article did a pretty good job about, right? So Mm -hmm. we said go for a walk, socialize, talk to your support people. That's a behavior. Mm-hmm. And then examining your thoughts. And one way that you could do that is by looking at the anxiety formula. Okay. Um, I'm thinking about these conversations that you that I might or anyone might have with people who don't disagree, don't agree with them on um, mm-hmm. politics. And sure. um, one of the things that, you know, I think we learn in therapy is that in relation relationship therapy is that you talk about you and not about them. Correct. Does that apply here in politics? Like you, you talking about how, what you believe and how you feel and not attacking what the other people believe, what the other person believes or feels. Right. I think using I statements is very helpful, mm-hmm. but I think again, compassion and understanding is important. Now you might not feel very compassionate toward your coworker, which is why it's best not to talk politics at work, mm-hmm. but you will feel that way towards someone that you love or care about or even friendly with that you just might not agree with. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can say things like, well, I can see why you feel that way, mm-hmm. but from my perspective, this is how I'm seeing things. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's it's very difficult to avoid you're right, I'm wrong, and we're kind of in that thing where we feel like we have to have the other person agree with us mm-hmm. in order to feel like we have, we have a, um, we have a healthy opinion. Where the reality is, is there's all kinds of opinions. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to say, oh, I can see why you feel that way, and that makes sense for you. But for me, where I'm coming for my lifestyle, or because I have kids, or because I don't have kids, or this is how I see things. Mm-hmm. A good one. So aside from those steps from um, that the APA suggests, is there anything else that you would suggest for easing the stress of this election season? So some of the stuff that we talked about last time mm-hmm. still apply. Yeah. So taking breaths, focusing in on yourself. So focusing in on what's important to you, mm-hmm. not just politically, but what's important to you with your family. Taking the time. If you have kids, God love kids, man. They stress us out. But boy, okay. do they relax us when we give it a moment. So one of the things I highly recommend is touch. Mm-hmm. So with, I'm blessed enough that my kids are still young. And so when I come home, and you know how they rush up and they hug you, you know, when they're still young enough? Yeah. <laughs> when they're 15, not so much, but yeah. when they're six, they still are happy to see you. Mm-hmm. So um, mine come up to me and they hug me, and I, I melt into the hug. Instead mm-hmm. of having letting my mind wander on what else I've got to do, I just kind of smell them and melt into the hug. My husband's an amazing hugger, so I I use him all the time. Uh, All the time. My friends are big on hugging, not so much now with COVID, but before then, we would just, you know, I had a a fellow clinician tell me the three-second hug, the three-breath hug, so you you hold each other and you you breathe in and out, in and out for three, you know, for three breaths, Mm -hmm. and I tried it. It was pretty good. So touch is so important. Human beings, we need touch. We need to feel connected. And these days with technology, we're not as connected. So reminding yourself by touching another human being that has compassion and care for you can be very stress-reducing. Um, taking baths instead of showers, although I'm a shower person, but sometimes taking a bath, lighting up candles, taking a moment to breathe, 
that's really great. Uh, watching a comedy, every time you turn on the, the TV, it doesn't have to be about politics. It could be about some cheesy show. Cheesy show. That's phenomenal. Right. It's, or or you, not even like dystopian uh, drama, because that's something that I have to stop yeah. watching because it, it stresses me out. Yeah, I do not watch any, I know that sounds cheesy, but I don't really watch a whole lot of drama shows. Um, again, I'm blessed I have kids, and so they like Paw Patrol and Shimmer and Shine. And, you know, everyone laughs at me, but sometimes I'll just let myself watch an episode, and it's very soothing. There's no real bad guys. No one's talking about something too terrible. It's very um, colorful. It's really soothing to your soul and so not that I'm saying everybody needs to watch these baby shows or the kid shows for me it was fun and sometimes I'll tell you I recommend it to patients and they look at me weird and then they'll watch it and be like oh yeah that was kind of kind of a vacation for the brain and so you know whatever works if it works for you then it's good so I have a this thing I tell my patients um listen do whatever works for you, as long as it's not hurting anybody. And remember, you're a body. And two, don't do anything illegal because neither one of us would do good in prison. So <laughs> everything else, everything else is a goal. It's a goal for all. It's your life. Mm-hmm. So if if it works for you to do that, um, one of my patients does diamond painting. You know, I tried it. It it was nice, so I kept going, uh-huh. and and it was very relaxing. Uh huh. Knitting. Knitting is an, unfortunately, it's a dying art, but it's also very relaxing. Mm -hmm. So whatever makes you feel calm or soothed or makes you chuckle or smile, it's a, it's, it's golden. Gina DiPietro again. As we just heard, it's important to understand where another person's viewpoint is based, even if it's different from yours. It's also vital to your health to mentally unplug from the political world and treat yourself to something relaxing. For more practical health tips and information, search Novant Health Healthy Headlines. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to rate and review us and subscribe to this and all the Novant Health podcasts. We post new episodes all the time. Most are just 15 minutes.